podcast from Kentucky Cancer Link. I'm your host, Ben Keaton. Until there's a cure for cancer, Kentuckians need hope today. Link to Hope is a monthly podcast featuring experts discussing ways to remove barriers for Kentuckys in need of screening, diagnosis, and treatment for cancer. In this episode, we're talking about Gilda's Club of Kentuckiana and the role of clinical social workers in cancer treatment. Our guest is Paige Walker, who has recently joined Gilda's Club and serves as a licensed clinical social worker. Before we get to the interview, I'd like to bring in Melanie Hunter with Kentucky Cancer Link to talk about today's episode. Melanie, I, I love today's conversation. Looking forward to, uh, to to what we're about to present. But before we dive into it, um, you're the one that introduced us to Paige. Uh, she she has an incredible story to tell. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about you know why you thought she was a good fit for this podcast? But but you're also your your relationship with her. Yeah, absolutely. I met Paige when I worked as an American Cancer Society lay patient navigator at Markey Cancer Center, and you know we had. We worked hard, but we also had a lot of fun and we laughed um, and sometimes we cried too. But um, Paige has such rich experience. She has just a wealth of knowledge. Um, She's compassionate, she's kind. Um, So I'm just so excited that she agreed to uh, share her knowledge about Gildas. We're so happy to know more about Gildas and what they do for our community because as she, talks about it a little later. Community is so very important in general, um, but also especially if you have a cancer diagnosis. So we're just really excited to have her and hear more about Gilda's. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Without further ado, let's hear from Paige. Paige, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, joining us today and having a conversation with us. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to uh, talk about the work that you do and to talk about Gilda's Club. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's start with Gilda's Club. Um, I know that you're fairly new to the organization, mm-hmm. uh, but it is one that is near and dear to my heart, uh, near and dear to, to many folks in the community. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what Gilda's Club does and um, you, you know the role and the impact that you all have in, in the community? Sure. Um, our mission um, is basically to ensure that all of those people that are impacted by cancer are empowered by knowledge and strengthened by action and sustained by community. And so what that really means is that we want to wrap as many resources around everybody that's touched by cancer um, and families as, as we can. And I think we do a pretty good job at it. We're growing. Um, our organization just doubled in size um, in terms of staffing, and I'm one of the new ones. So I think we went from, you know, roughly about seven um, employees to about 20 um, in the last year. So we definitely are growing pretty quickly. And uh, Gilda's Club Kentuckiana is the largest Gilda's Club. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that, that we serve the um, largest number of members. Um, we have the largest staff and the largest budget. So, yeah. Wow. Of, of all Gilda's Clubs uh, mm-hmm. across the, the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. abroad. Wow. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. I mean, I know we have a very high rate of cancer in Kentucky for sure. But um, yeah. And so we're really looking, and this may be a question down the road, but one of my roles here is going to be looking at how we can branch out within Kentucky. And Lexington is definitely a market that we're looking at and Paducah. 
Um, so we want to go west and we want to go into our next biggest city, which I think is Lexington. I don't, I don't have the stats on that, but I'm assuming. So um, I'm going to be working on growing the program in that direction. So, yeah. So, I mean, what we really do here is um, in this location is that we have um, a plethora of support groups and we also have health and wellness groups. And a lot of people get confused about um, the difference. Our health and wellness groups to me are more about healthy lifestyles. Um, we do Pilates and yoga, Qigong, nutrition education, cooking classes, music, art, meditation, mindfulness, journaling. It keeps going on and on and on. So, um, and anybody that wants to start a new program here, we get you onboarded and um, we let you start a new program. We're pretty open to a lot of different ideas. I think we have somebody getting ready to do a quilting class. And I'm actually talking to my father, who's a local artist out of Lexington, who's going to do an altered book series for us. So um, just all kinds. Okay, we're going to have to stop there for a second, because what is an altered book series? Altered books. So but you take books and you. Um, all I can comment on is how he does them. He, he typically hollows out um, the middle of an old book, maybe a book that was meaningful to him or has some significance to him. And he collects found objects. And I wish I had one to show you. But when we have the program, I'll show you. Um, he puts different found objects on there um, and just makes a cool little art project out of it. I wish I, I should have brought one to show you today. He and I just talked today <laughs> about doing this. So he's going to come up here Friday and take a tour. So, so I think for me, that re that really highlights something that's important and something that we like to talk about a good bit on this podcast, which mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, cancer, cancer has a huge impact on people's lives. And it's not all about the clinical response to cancer. That's an incredibly important, uh, you know, part of, of somebody's treatment. Uh, but there's so much more to that. And, and I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that's really where Gilda's Club specializes and is wrapping their arms, wrapping your arms around people and finding ways to, you know, keep them motivated, keep them engaged, keep them focusing on, on you know, living and fighting and, and being, you know, being an active member of a cancer survivor community. 100%. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's why we have all the health and wellness options for people too, definitely. Then we have you know, the support groups. We have, those are um, facilitated usually by licensed clinical social workers, which I am. Um, we do have some CSWs that are under supervision with me. So that's a certified social worker. They're still licensed. Um, they just don't practice independently um, until they get their L. That's really the difference between those two. Um, they, they run support groups. Um, they just process everything with me and they're under supervision because I've been approved by the board. I know that was one of your questions that I was gonna answer too, is what does that actually mean? So um, I'm also growing our intern program and that's really important to me. I was an intern. I was actually an intern at Markey Cancer Center in Lexington. Um, Melanie, that's how I got connected with Melanie. And um, I worked myself into a job there and I find it really important to um, use what we do as a teaching opportunity for other social workers. So I'm growing our individual counseling program, which is something else that we do here and our support group 
programming with our interns. So, and hopefully we were able to hire them either contract or staff when they're finished with their schooling. So, so how did you find your way to Gilda's Club and, and what does Gilda's Club mean to you? So my mother was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer um, and my stepfather um, of 30 years was diagnosed with esophageal cancer very close together. Um, I was their caregiver and I, they both were treated at Markey Cancer Center in Lexington. So I started my journey. That was my first connection with cancer is, is helping caregive for them. Um, and I just had never been in that world before. And I didn't really understand that there were social workers available. Um, Marky has a great psych department and I started kind of digging into that part of it. We, we weren't a family that necessarily maybe needed financial resources. Um, we needed a lot of education. We needed a lot of navigating. Um, and at that time, Marky had Melanie, who was the um, navigator. It, I just blanked on who you were working with. You were American Cancer Society. Yes. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I got to know some of those ladies and I was in grad school at the time and needed to pick um, a practicum placement. And I thought, well, I'll do that. I had lost my parents, unfortunately, um, in that process. And Marky was a little nervous about hiring me. I was, it was, the loss was pretty fresh. Uh, but I was there for a year and I, it was just an incredible experience for me. It, I just kind of found a place that I felt um, very comfortable and knowledgeable. And, you know, a university hospital really has a lot of focus on people from rural parts of the state. And I have always wanted to study addiction. And that's where I was heading in that direction. And Marky fulfilled my need to help both populations. Um, we serve a lot of people with addiction in this state um, and cancer, you know, does not discriminate. So a lot of people were coping with <clears throat> dual, dual diagnosis. And I really found it rewarding to be able to help um, communications through um, between doctors and nurses and staff about treating both simultaneously. Um, and that's where, really where I landed. And that's where I felt you know, really a lot of passion for my work was helping those people. So, uh, and then you I went, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say, you mentioned the word translating and I think that's a, a, a really interesting one for me. And I'd, I'd like to talk about that for a minute because I think sure. one of the challenges and, and I'm a cancer survivor myself, um, one of the challenges that I remember facing and that everybody faces is, you know, when you first get that diagnosis, you know, it just turns into the uh, blah, blah, blah. You can't understand anything that goes on. Um, and it's also a lot of clinical talks. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd love, you know, for your take on, you know, the work that you do with Gilda's Club and the work that you did with, with you know, with Marquis mm -hmm. um, in helping people understand and take action um, and kind of get through that diagnosis freeze and, mm -hmm. and into a, a state where, where we can begin to address the, the problem that's lying in front of us. Sure. Well, doctors and nurses and hospital staff are, you know, very good at what they do, but they're also very focused on one area, right? And that was my experience is that oncologists treat cancer. They don't necessarily treat the whole person. It's not a, a holistic approach. And I do think 
and we're we're shifting definitely to start looking at those um, different aspects of the person who needs um, assistance while they're going through something like this, and um, that's where the psych oncology part comes in. Um, and a place like Gilda's Club, it's completely non-clinical. There's nothing clinical about this place at all. Uh, have you been to our new location? Have you been able to look? Okay, yeah, it's it's like home. It's completely outfitted with mini living rooms everywhere and um, play, beautiful artwork that's been donated from the local community to look at. And like I already mentioned, all the classes and everything. So we're, our approach is really taking a big step back from the clinical part of it and diagnosis part and looking at the other parts of people that get lost in that shuffle, right? So um, that's what we do. And I think that our, we're starting to move in that direction where people are paying a lot more of attention to the holistic approach. While I was at Markey, there was a lot of conversations that I had that bridged the gaps between physicians and patients. As, as a, and maybe, you know, Melanie probably experienced this too. As a navigator, you are having conversations with doctors they never even considered um, how hard it might be for somebody to get to treatment in a rural part of the state, right? So that's where a social worker steps in and maybe says, can they get certain labs done and certain treatments done at their local hospital and then come here for follow-up and things like that? So in the hospital setting, that's the importance of social workers is making those connections for people and educating staff so that we can bridge those gaps and fill those gaps. Um, we don't do a lot of that here at, at Gilda's Club because we're not clinical, but in that sense. But this, this place is just a safe place. It's a clubhouse. I tell people all the time, this is your clubhouse. You come here and sit in the library and educate yourself through the books that we have or check out a book that we have um, about your diagnosis and ask questions of us um, with a different perspective, maybe. Right. That's not. So medical, I know I'm all over the place a little bit. Well, but. you know that, that actually brings up a really good uh, good point because you all recently moved to uh, recently within the last couple of years moved to a, a new facility, mm -hmm. um, and that's the one thing that I noticed, and I know that you you've hit on this already, but that it you know it doesn't feel clinical. It mm -hmm. is very home like. Uh, it's very community oriented. I know that you all open up to community events and and things mm -hmm. along those lines. Yes. You know, can, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what that means and what what you all are trying to, to set, you know, as a feel and, and as an environment for, for people who are living with cancer? Um, it feels very homey. We want that. We have a great giant kitchen. People can come in and cook meals. We do. We have a lot of volunteers that meal host for us. Something unique that we do. I, I don't know if it's unique. I think it's unique. Um, when I did some work with the Hope Lodge, they did this as well. Um, we serve meals before every support group. Um, we try to. Um, there's actually, we haven't had one that we've had to cancel yet, even if we as staff members have to go find food ourselves. So that is very important to us to bring together that sense of community. And members can bring their children. They can bring their spouses. They also have, we also have lined up our support group schedule in such a way that the kids will be having a support group after dinner, teens, caregivers, and people um, that have the active cancer diagnosis. So we have this big community dinner. Um, I do expect our um, 
social workers to come eat with our members. Um, it's a great way to connect about things um, that are not going to be said maybe in the in the support group room. And we have a wonderful host of volunteers that, that bring it in. And, mo and most of the volunteers that bring it in have had some cancer connection. So it's just a lot of um, heart and soul that goes into making those connections. I cooked brunch this past Saturday myself. I, you know, I have a restaurant background, obviously. And um, we started our first bilingual support group for women with cancer. And so it was important to me to be there on Saturday. We've been working really hard um, to a find a bilingual social worker that can facilitate these groups. And um, we're starting to reach out to different populations. It's been challenging. And so I made a fun brunch and um, I talked to everybody in that room about the labor of love. It was for me to go through and do all this stuff and think about my mother and look at my hands and know that I look like my mother and giving back to the community um, that was so kind to us. So um, we really focus on that hominess. We really do. And ownership over the clubhouse that you can come and hang out anytime you want. We have a fabulous game room downstairs with skee-ball and pool tables and Xbox and Pac-Man and Noogie Land is our um, childcare area. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you just have to come get a tour. We give tours all the time, um, whether you want to volunteer or whether you want to become, you know, a member. So we we do really focus on making you feel like you're home away from home. Speaking of volunteering, it takes a community to to pull off programming like this. Yeah. Um, so t you know, two questions here. One is. Uh, well, we'll start with this. How 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 do you work with other organizations in the community? You so, know, like I was, I, I've been others? learning all of that. Um, obviously, I, I make referrals, um, and and I'm not the only social worker here. We make as staff, we make referrals um, to Kentucky Cancer Link, and there's a new one, Travel to Hope, and American Cancer Society. So we make those connections for resources for our members. Shirley Shirley's Way is another one. Um, we have a, a location in the YMCA on Broadway in Louisville called Gilda's West. And within that organi organization, um, we work with um, KAC, which is um, Kentucky African Americans Against Cancer. So that's a partnership that we have with them. Um, we also host, we have a lot of outside organizations that come and host groups. And um, I'm looking for my paper so I don't forget. Um, Brain Injury Alliance of Kentucky is one that comes and hosts. Um, we do a meal and they do an education class once a month. I actually refer cancer patients to that group as well. Um, some of our glioblastoma patients are going to be going into that group too. Um, we house Oak Ovarian Awareness of Kentucky is here. We have an office here at Gilda's Club. Um, and, um, we work with UK peds. We're doing stuff with UK peds right now. We're doing stuff with Norton's children's hospital, lots of different organizations that we try to connect our members to. That is another big part of my job is sorting through right now, all of our resources. I'm not from Louisville. I'm starting to learn new, um, Louisville resources. But when I was at Markey, I was tapping into Louisville resources. We don't have a lot of stuff in Lexington and, um, I started doing research. I actually will um, 
um, pat myself on the back because nobody was using Shirley's way at Markey Cancer Center. And I just assumed they were a Louisville based organization. They wouldn't help anybody outside of the Louisville area. So, oh, they paid mortgages for some of our patients that couldn't pay their mortgage. Um, it's just amazing some of these organizations and finding them and connecting them. So um, wherever there is a gap that needs to be filled, we will we will talk about a partnership and um, figure out how we can help. So, sure. so if there's an organization out there that would like to to get engaged with you all or, or per, perhaps um, partner with you in some way, what, what's the best way for them to work with you? Email us and or call us and we will have a meeting right away and talk about what we can do. I mean, we're, we're going into nursing homes and, and talking to nursing homes right now. We're going into all different areas um, to make sure that our name is out there. Uh, it's hard with our branding sometimes. Um, we've had some comments about Gilda's branding. You know, our organization, um, half of our organization has gone to um, being called cancer support communities and they've kind of moved away from the Gilda's branding a little bit. And then half is still Gilda's club. So we have the image of her and um, it's a conversation that we have. We're, we're starting, some people, some younger people have no idea who Gilda Rainer was. So I talk a lot about her and, and, and her mission. So, um, but we're out there. If you see cancer support communities, that's us too, for sure. So you, you uh, hit on this a little bit earlier, so you gave us a sneak peek, but what's on the horizon for you with Gilda's Club and for Gilda's Club? The biggest thing on the horizon for me is growing our individual counseling program. So we offer right now for free to our members um, six to eight sessions. Um, we don't bill insurance. It's, it, it has to be related to cancer diagnosis, and they're all um, f run by... Um, licensed clinical social workers. So um, it's just a little extra individual support. And I think a lot of people need that. Um, support groups are wonderful, but we can't ignore that there are unique um, challenges to each person individually. So it's been wonderful. And if you need more than six to eight sessions, usually we will refer out to the community. And it's another way for us to connect our members to the community. Um, and so I'm really working hard at doing that. We are trying to grow, like I said before, into different markets in Kentucky. And I'm a part of that as well. Um, we have a, a big staff that's working from all directions on different things like that. But um, I recently um, have been working with Terry Keys at Markey. He's asked me to join some um, research studies and things like that. So we're all doing little pieces um, to put ourselves out there and talk about it. I just did a really unique, unique thing actually at UK with, um, with our COO, Lori, we went and sat in and I saw Melanie there. Um, she and Lori invited me to go and it was, um, oh, it was a, a group of patients and, um, physicians and navigators. And I even think it people, um, looking at the best ways to reach um, hard to reach areas of Kentucky. And I think they're building an app or they have built an app. I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't know a lot about what they're doing, but we were just brainstorming ideas about how to really 
get into rural parts of um, Kentucky and reach people in a different way and um, maybe have an app that would connect people to Gilda's Club when they're looking for resources or uh, uh, connect them to Kentucky Cancer Link, just to make it a little bit easier for people to navigate themselves too. We're moving in kind of that, we're moving into this virtual world a little bit. And I we've come back in person, but we are continuing to offer all of our programming hybrid um, so that we can reach people. We have, a, I have probably 20 members in Lexington that join either support groups um, or art. We do art virtually too. <laughs> we do all of our wellness classes virtually as well. So, um, and like I told you, I hired um, a new therapist that's from Lexington that's got a lot of oncology experience that is um, helping run a support group. So really trying to get our tentacles out there. Yeah, a lot of growth on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of interesting things going on. And, uh, you know, you've had quite the journey yourself, both sure. personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's one thing that you would love people to take away from this conversation about the work that the Gildas Club is doing in the community and, and how they might be able to help support that? Just that you're not alone. Um, I think that's the, we all know that there's a lot of cancer diagnoses out there, but I have not been diagnosed with cancer and I can't speak to that exactly, but I know there's an overwhelming sense of, of being alone and we're all unique individuals and just, you know, building connection. That's what it's all about is building connection and um, having a safe place to talk about what is unique to your experience um, and having fun. Let's not forget Gilda Radner was a comedian and so was her husband. And she was missing that part when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. She was missing the fun in her life and the sense of connection and community. And that's, that's what this was all built on, right? And so I tell our facilitators on a regular basis, don't just sit there and be an observer. Get involved with your members and laugh. It's okay to laugh. People forget to laugh. The most fun I've ever had in a job, I'll be honest with you, was working at Markey Cancer Center in the Psychonk department. We laughed all the time because- You have to. You have to. And it's such a huge part of healing with, any, with mental health and having a cancer diagnosis. And the thing that drew me to Gilda's Club was that very thing. I was ready to be in an environment after working in addiction for a long time um, to laugh again and to see the, the funny sides of life and through all that sadness that can happen too. So I talk a lot, Ben. Sorry, you got to just quite okay. Me you, have, you have a lot to say and there's, uh, you know, Gilda's Club does, does tremendous work in the community. I do so want to touch on one thing. And, yeah, of um, course. My sister, Wida Michael, um, also is involved in cancer research and, and helping. And she, there's been this neurogastronomy symposium that has been started. It actually, it did start at UK. I know I sound like I'm plugging UK, but um, it was, it, it's been a great um, jumping off point for her to get involved with cancer through food. She's a local restaurateur. So um, it's a new science. I'm reading this because I didn't want to get it mixed, mess, messed up. It's a new science that studies how the human brain perceives food from the information processed through smell, taste, sight, sight touch, and hearing. So there's a whole group. They've got chefs on board 
and they have physicians and social workers and nurses. Um, and it's worth digging into because I think it would be a really cool Kentucky Cancer League podcast. Um, if you want my sister to talk about it, I can get you an in. Um, but now they're traveling around the country and they're talking about it. And her, she specifically, and she's going to do some things with Gilda's Club and already has. Um, we experienced some really difficult challenges with my mom when she was being treated. My mom was an organic foodie. And um, when you're diagnosed with cancer from a diet standpoint, a lot of times you're made to feel to, to just eat whatever you can to keep yourself, keep your weight on, right? Eat calories, drink a lot of boost. Um, that, that doesn't always fly with people that have never eaten a different way. You know, you can't, you can't just go out and start eating ice cream at Big Macs if you've never eaten that way. You know what I mean? I had a freezer full of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So there you go. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> so we were challenged with making food taste good for my mom during her chemo treatments and keeping it healthy. Um, and a lot of people don't have the means to do that. And I think what my sister's trying to do is really educate people. And she's done research and worked with some of the scientists that are part of this um, new wave and um, helping people get through this in a different way through food and their senses. So that's a really, really, it's another neat thing. And she's going to come here and do a program with Gilda's Club and I'll let you know when that happens. I think that's great. And I think that's a, a, a terrific conversation that we need to have because again, like, like everything else we've talked about today, you know, cancer is more than just the clinical diagnosis and yes. um, in the clinical treatment. And we need to, to, to make sure that we're addressing, Absolutely. addressing all of it. Yeah. All the parts, all the parts. Well, thank you. Thank you, Paige, for, for talking with us today. Yes. It's a great conversation. Um, I love the work that, that you are doing personally, but uh, you know, I also, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, Gilda's Club is near and dear to my heart, so I'm always glad to support. We'll include some information about Gilda's Club uh, and ways to get in touch with you uh, when we send out this podcast. But thank you so much for uh, sharing Absolutely. with us. Absolutely, and thank you for the work you do. I really appreciate it. Nice talking to all of you. Thanks for being a part of our conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and share on social media. We are back each month with a new episode. Please join us next time.